a couple of just pointers. Uh, first, the statues and images are covered. The crucifix is covered uh, because we begin a season in the liturgical year, but a subset within the season of Lent called Passion Tide. And basically, if you can just uh, imagine that we're getting closer to Lent. So Lent has already been going on for quite some time, all right? So now we already, every, you may have come in and been like, why are those things covered? Or maybe you ask somebody that you came with or sitting next to you, how come they're covering those, right? Uh, that's the point. That's the like, ah, you've been grasped, right? You used your eyes to see. Something's changed, right? This is the liturgy. The liturgy helps educate us. It helps us walk the journey of the Lord that we're on. And so we realize that beginning today, in a sense, this weekend, like everything now turns towards Calvary. The readings begin to turn this way uh, and, and we now cover the crucifix. It leads to Palm Sunday next Sunday. After that, then we end up at the Holy Thursday Triduum and all of that. So that's why all of the things are covered. Um, and secondly, I... Um, I'm going to play a short clip from a witness on YouTube for my, in my homily, but I realized that when I did that this morning, it stopped my recording, so then there's no homily, so then why record? And I'm like, so I'm just going to preach, and then right at the end of the homily, I'm going to play the video so you all get it. Uh, but you can find the full video on my Facebook page, and then, of course, the homily on uh, the podcast platforms. This morning, I got up bright and early, just a sliver of light around, and came downstairs and did the first thing, first time this season, what I loved doing last fall, which is opening up the doors really early in the morning and then letting all of the breeze come through. It's like crisp. Makes you sort of feel more alive. And then not something you experience all the time anymore with most of our buildings being sort of temperature controlled. And so this morning I went in the front door, I propped them open and stood right on the threshold. It was still dark out almost. And suddenly I heard a solo canary or bird singing. And it struck me. all by itself, up in the tree somewhere. I just, oh. And then I looked over to the left, and along the wall was a trash bag. And I thought to myself, what's in that? thinking I got to go pick that up now. How'd that escape getting thrown away in the, before the winter? And then I began to think about the lawn. I could see a little bit of the lawn. There was a little bit of light out. And I thought to myself, oh, that lawn is the bane of my existence. I grew up with crabgrass. But I always was envious of the neighbors who had real grass. Right? Come here, it's like a carpet of crabgrass. 
then I started thinking about along this outside building, for some reason, grass doesn't grow. I'm wondering, how are we going to fix that problem? And then, God gave me a second grace. And I simply listened again to that singular bird. And my heart was alive again. We are entering a new season in the life of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, in which we have now been grouped into many pastorates, and priests will be changing, and assignments will be changing, and lay people will be grouped in different ways, and parishes will be grouped in different ways. And I am grateful that the bishop has appointed me the director for the Newman Center for next year. And he has a very specific desire that the ministry here be full-time to the students. He loves you and he desires that you might grow in awareness that God is calling you and become strong in faith to know how to follow him. I will still belong to the pastorate, which includes Dakota Dunes, Jefferson, Elk Point, Beersford, Centerville, Wakanda, and St. Agnes. The priests that will be assigned here are Father Dave Rourke, who is already assigned up in Beersford, the, the three parishes there. Father Joe Vogel, who is already assigned in the three parishes down to Dakota Dunes. And we will receive Father Kevin Doyle uh, as a parochial vicar. And the pastor of the whole shebang will be Father Terry Anderson. He is currently the pastor of the parish in Brookings and will be coming down south. It will be an interesting time. But there will be difficult moments. There will be times in which uh, maybe things won't be what we would like or what we think they should. And maybe for the moments that you are here, it'll be okay. But if you belong to the diocese, you're going to hear from your family back home. Maybe some of you already got text messages. We're getting a new priest. Or we're losing our priest. Or what's going on? It will not all be what we want. There's a temptation toward utopia. The world is embedded with this temptation that of its own making, it can create the thing that it most needs. Right? It's a beautiful thing that the heart desires greatness. But when the human being begins its project to make greatness of its own accord, it begins living contrary to what the second reading talks about. It begins to think that the spirit isn't necessary, but the earthly, the bodily, the thing that I can control is what I need to get. And so we can put all kinds of effort and resources and money and energy and people and things into trying to create the thing I want. Right? I imagine some of you have been disappointed at the University of South Dakota. Maybe. 
I hope you've been disappointed in something. I mean, I eat at the muck. Fortunately, they had hamburgers tonight, and I could have them make me one with two patties. Right? But then I'm like, well, this is like that, and that's like, right? I mean, there's always something, right? If we only had a different food service thing, or if we only had a different room, or if I could move out of Olson and move over to Beatty, or if I could get out of the residence halls and live on my own, or if I was able to live with this friend or not that friend, or if I was able to get this or that, right? Do we, I mean, is it just me or you too? How much of what's going through our head is us trying to create a utopia? and not accepting that life is always going to come with a bag of garbage. It's always going to be a place of stuff. We're like, can we just get rid of that? There's always going to be something. We're like, how come around the perimeter it's not like this? And it's our free will, our choice to decide to look at that or listen for the bird. And you tell me what makes your heart more free. You tell me what produces a greater glory in the world. You tell me what makes you want to get up in the morning and go. Thinking about all the stuff that isn't the way you want or thinking about the thing you want that's happening now. We live in a world that is trying to make this world perfect. And the church can be tempted towards the same thing. So can we. The pastoral plan is not going to solve all problems. The pastoral plan isn't happening to solve the problems, and it's not happening to solve the priest shortage problem. The pastoral plan is happening so that we might become more aware of the voice of God, that we become more aware that the love of God is possible to receive in this world. And that we increasingly are so able to receive that love, to be generated by the Holy Spirit in such a way, to pray for an outpouring of divine grace in our lives, that we're able to go out into the other world that is in darkness and speak something of hope to them. And a hope that's concrete and real. And how do we have a convincing argument that it's concrete and real? The convincing argument isn't an intellectual one. The convincing argument is the joy and gladness on the human face. The heart that's alive, that's able to speak and live in a way in which everything is in disarray and everybody else is around like, why are you okay? Right? You ever hear those like uh, little like, I want a double shot of whatever you got. Do you believe that a little tiny bit of God in you is actually the most important thing you have to give another, to give this world? That's what the bishop is about. That's what the church is about. But it's always tempting to think, if I do this or I do that, uh, and this isn't the case. And interestingly enough, in the gospel today, when Jesus is there, it's the disciples discourage him, right? Uh, The disciples said, uh, Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you, and you want to go back there? 
right? Jesus goes into the places that are not doing good. We're always trying to go out of the places and to the places that are good. Jesus is able to go into those places and he answers them. Are there not 12 hours in a day? If one walks during the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks at night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. And the goal of the Christian is to be able to see in the dark. We are called to be nocturnal. To have a light that allows us to go places. And to bring something to the world that is so desperately in need. And that world might be this university. That world might be our families. That world might be the places that we eventually work. That world might be in your dorm room. What if you are in a living arrangement that you don't want but God wants you to be an instrument of Jesus Christ to someone that lives there. When you get to eternity, (laughs) you aren't going to see Olson Hall. You're going to see the faces of people that live there. But you may only see them if you first see them here. Did you know that the word utopia didn't exist until the 16th century? A man by the name of St. Thomas More introduced it to the English language when he was writing about the human desire to make perfect of this world. We are under his patronage. And he helps guide us to those moments in which we see the mission of God happening in our midst. And it's a beautiful thing to see you all open your hearts in so many ways and follow him. The pastoral plan is about helping all of the people of the diocese listen for the bird. And staying focused on the grace that maybe we can't see, but somehow reaches us and makes us vibrate with life. And if we stay long enough and keep our focus out of the ancillary things, we will change the world. Right after I turned my gaze back to the single bird, I suddenly heard another one of a different tune join in. And then moments later, it was like a... Uh, a plethora of uh, sounds all of a sudden just appeared. And like instantly, I wasn't sure if like all the birds just finally woke up or if I just woke up and heard there were like 50,000 birds chirping. How many of you have woken up 
because someone else around you was living in a way that you thought, I want to sing like that too. As we come to this Mass, let us thank God for the people in our lives who have woken us up and helped us sing and recognize the love of God that's in our lives. Might we follow that voice wherever he leads because other people need you.